Hey everyone, Eric Watson here, and this is the recorded audio of a live-streamed actual play session of Dungeons & Dragons using Roll20 and Discord. Our sessions are streamed live every week on my Rogue Watson YouTube channel. This actual play series was not originally intended for an audio-only format, but has been converted to a podcast for your convenience. This channel, and by extension this podcast, are supported by Patreon. If you'd like to support my work, you can do so at patreon.com slash roguewatson. Now, enjoy the show. Eating one of the presents. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't put all these cat toys sort of lined up under this cat tree, <laughs> clearly. Hello everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of origin, quarter videos, and at tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to our weekly live stream at Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Online Role-Playing Adventures. I am joined, as always, by my wonderful friends, Chris, playing Valravin, the Eladrin Bard of Eloquence. Hello. Heather, playing Frey, the Halfling Barbarian of the Beast. Oh. Rochelle, not joining us tonight, playing Celeste, the Half-Orc Sun-Soul Monk. Raymond playing Edmund, the human alchemist artificer. Hello. And Reese also not joining us tonight, playing Thimbleweed, the Thrycreen Swarmkeeper Ranger. We wish our dearest missing players the very best. We stream our sessions live on YouTube every Friday evening. Watch all of our streamed sessions here on YouTube. Read weekly session recaps at RogueWanson.com. Watch my behind-the-scenes, no-players-allowed live series, Crafting Icewind Dale, every Monday and Thursday. Head on over to our live post-session discussion for side chat after our show tonight. You can also listen to all these live D&D shows with the Rogue Watson podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Rogue Watson and join our official Discord server with invite link into the description below. If you'd like to support the channel, please check out patreon.com slash roguewatson. Patrons get exclusive access to private videos, custom 5e content, and participate in monthly DM roundtables and private Patreon D&D games. And you can also use Super Chats here in the live stream. For Arcamade, we use Roll20.net. For video chat, we use Discord. And for streaming, I use open broadcaster software with Streamlabs. Our music is by Kevin McLeod, and our amazing original character art was done by Jimmy McClure. Previously on Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. This was a long one, by the way. We actually got a lot done uh, last I'm, week. I'm, I'm, I'll be happy to be reminded of it, because I don't, I'm trying to remember all the stuff that happened. I think it was too much stuff that happened. It was a lot. That's why we do that. And we only did it <laughs> last week, but it was a lot of things. Yeah. Ah, I'm gonna take a drink of scalding hot coffee first. Now I'm now I'm prepared. Mm. After Valen informed the party that the recently slain flame skulls would soon regenerate, the party brazenly shoved all four of them inside their bag of holding. In a side tunnel, Thimbleweed spotted an odd twitching kobold creature. When he tried talking to it, it hissed at him, revealing sharp fangs and leapt away into darkness. In a larger southern cave, the party found Netherese ruins, including an entire tower built of shardolin embedded in the ice. Bray began hacking away at the chip tower, and several living icicles dropped onto the party in response, which they dubbed dropworms. Our heroes nimbly dodged away, though Thimbleweed was attacked by a fanged creature that disappeared into mist through the cracks of the tower. Edmund followed using Gash's form and studied the magical shifting uh, walls. This was a uh, discovering this was a tower of respite, which could help restore spell slots whenever they rested inside. Using the drill bot, the rest of the party made their way inside the tower and rested before deciding to split up. Valin animated the dead on the floor into another skeletal minion after Frey carefully removed its head to be safe. Frey took the skeleton along with Valravin and Lord Marbury and headed south. 
Everyone else crawled through another drillbot tunnel to head east. The southern tunnel opened into an even larger cavern, and Netheri's spire lie crashed on the ground, while a gaping borehole lie ominously nearby. While Robin checked the ceiling for more dropworms, while Frey looted the spire, finding some potions. They heard strange and frightening noises, rendering Valravan and the Pegasus blind and forcing Frey to lead them out by hand towards a northeast tunnel. On the other side, Thimbleweed went north, spotting an odd stone slab in the middle of a small empty cave. Edmund and Valin rushed over to it, learning that it was some sort of tourist device. Edmund activated it, summoning an invisible eye that he could move around. He was able to scout the next few tunnels, as well as the massive borehole to the south, but the magic wouldn't let him get any further. When the others returned, he was able to cure Valravan and Lord Marbury's blindness, and the reunited party headed east, coming face-to-face -face with the decapitated head of an iron golem. The golem still functioned and was seemingly unaware of its current state or how much time had passed. It was a security guard for the city, and the conversation was going well until Edmund sneaked around and fiddled inside of its head. The golem released its poison breath attack, though the party mostly shrugged it off, and Edmund succeeded in disabling the creature. That was a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, yes, okay. I remember all of this. Remember everything. And we pretty much pick off right after the head incident, with it's now has been um, permanently disabled. If I remember correctly, we were going this way because we wanted to go to the room of dangerous shadows. That's true. Um, Edmund was able to scout a little bit uh, past this room using the uh, magic eye thing, and uh, that was the la pretty much the last you saw. There was like this uh, tunnel continued to the east and kind of south, and then opened up another large cavern um, that appeared to have some kind of odd shadows flittering about. And there were more branching tunnels beyond that, but that's about as far as your seeing eye was able to get. Who's controlling the other two today? Uh, I, mean, good... I can take Celeste. I, I, still, I've I think we still have... Yeah, yeah. And... and I still have Reese. Still have Reese, okay. She'll make more changes to his character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise him with more updates. Well, before I forget, since Nimbleweed is our tracker, we could let him stealth ahead. We could. He would like that. <laughs> he would like that. <laughs> <laughs> he would like to know we used him the right way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if we're going into a room of like scary shadows. Like, yeah, let's go take a look at what, the, what that might be. Ooh, who can outstealth who? That's right. Could the boy outstealth shadows? Let's find out. <laughs> Belen comes up to you, Edmund, and uh, says this. You have to fiddle in the inside of it like that. This, this could have been a grand find, this magnificent creature. Or I was intending to construct. fix it to get more information from it. Ah, yes. Didn't think it had any. You look inside. You try to figure it out. <laughs> a bold Never move, to be sure, while it was still speaking. Well, it would, didn't look like it was going to shut up, though. Well, it seems as though the danger is past, anyway. Now, past this corridor, I, it was a room of shadows. I couldn't get any further with that magic eye that we used earlier. I suggest our stealthy tracker explore a little bit for us. Thimblefray! Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, go ahead and give me a stealth check as you make your way down into the tunnels. That requires me to open his character sheet. Wait one second, please. 
Stealth checks. Does he have any kind of advantage on stealth checks? Help me out, chat, because you'll know better than me. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what he... I think he's got something that gives him advantage. Or He can... He has some kind of, like, hide thing he can do, or invisible thing, but I don't know. He's about... got nature's veil. Makes him go invisible. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think he has to... Does he have to stand still for that or something, or...? Uh, it just says... I draw on the powers of nature to hide himself from view briefly. As a bonus action, you magically become invisible along with any equipment you are wearing <clears throat> or carrying until the start of your next turn. So I don't think that would last very long. Yeah, it's more of a combat thing. Yeah. I swear he had like, well, isn't, or maybe he attuned to it, but he had a cloak at one point that was letting, letting Oh, he did. Um, but he may not still have it, I don't know. He has the Pawafi. Can tell it? you what he's still attuned to. He is still attuned to that. Yeah. Yeah. The shield, the sword, and then the Puwafi, which I think, uh, I think does um, give him advantage. I think so. You have advantage on dexterity checks made to hide, as the cloak's color shifts to camouflage you. All right, that gives him advantage. Yeah. All right. See, just had to find out. Mm-hmm. All right. Sweet, sweet stealth. Versus stealth is also a bazillion, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Almost yep. a critical uh, roll with yeah, that. Yeah, it's a, it's a plus nine. Yeah. Plus nine with advantage. It's pretty hard to not be stellar at that point. <laughs> yep, Thimble uh, Weed shows off his magnificent stealthing just... skills and basically disappears into the darkness as he creeps down the tunnel. His forearms grab the cloak and it shakes and looks like he shimmers and then he disappears. Mm-hmm. What is his uh, passive perception? 13. Okay. It's, not, it's not high enough. <laughs> Apparently not for something. I, I, I don't know what's going on. But I know it's not high enough. <laughs> um, I feel like he would like try to like investigate or something. Right now, all you've got is tunnel. You do have some what look like kind of naturally forming stairs that descend um, a little bit into another tunnel area. Okay, but nothing else along the walls or anything? No. Just the same kind of smooth, glass-like surfaces to everything. Okay. So he'll just thimbleweed down it. <laughs> With his magic bugs. Mm-hmm. All the while trying to just see what's going on as a shimmery ghost yeah the stairs lead down into an oppressively dark uh large high domed chamber with multiple tunnels branching off toward the east uh does he hear anything uh you can roll a perception check since you're sticking around maybe wanting to okay Oh, no, he doesn't hear shit. Yeah. The good news is, I mean, Thimbleweed's effectively almost invisible with that stealth score. The bad news is, with his perception, he also is just not really uh, seeing or hearing much going on. But at the moment, this this chamber looks completely empty. Uh, you just see that there's it just continues on. 
towards the east with kind of two main paths, I guess. Southeast and northeast. Okay. Uh, there's three. Oh, wait, does this one just stop? Okay, that one stops. Oh, yeah, yeah. As you continue to walk around with your stealthiness, you can kind of see it. Just It's kind of an oddly shaped room that southern end just kind of ends in a tip. See, I really see it more as he's skittering. <laughs> that, that's it's true. It's more uh, appropriate to... Uh, maybe another stealth check as you continue. 22. Okay. Advantage helping you a little bit more in that in that case. Yes, it did. Yeah, you continue to be very, very quiet. Um, to the north, uh, it, it, so now you went into the northeast tunnel, which that one branches off immediately into two different uh, directions. Um, the north one has a bunch of bones scattered about. Ooh. And then the eastern tunnel has a bunch of what look like stalagmites. Um, large... Mm -hmm. Uh, just jutting pieces of ice from the ground that are literally so big they block um, your vision and then um, kind of hanging um, in between a lot of these stalagmites look like uh, hanging ropes full of like hollowed out pieces of ice and bones and other things to where it crowds the whole room full of these things hmm which one with symbol we'd find more interesting to go through? <sighs> Are we slowly becoming in behind him as I mean, he just at this point he's been gone for a good little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Valen whispers, like, Do you have some secret uh whistle or something? <laughs> I'm afraid not, my dear. I don't. I don't know where he is. He hasn't skidded back to us quite yet. We must trust our tracker. That he will return. Eventually. <laughs> he always comes back. Damn it. Damn horse. Keeps getting stuck on the walls of this... Okay. I mean, that is appropriate. You've got a Pegasus in these, like, <laughs> tight tunnels. Actually, weirdly enough, it's Valravin's token that got stuck. Oh, uh, where, where, where he's at right now, I can't move him. Oh, sorry. Robin just uh, gets clipped into the wall accidentally, and you have to restart your game. That's right. Would you like to start over from your last save point? <laughs> Load last check, please. All right, so we're going to go north. We'll check this room and then go back for people. Okay. Um, a few scattered pieces of bone litter this otherwise empty, oddly shaped cave. However... Uh, you soon hear the unmistakable sound of crunching, eating, chewing, and then soft whimpering. And if Thimbleweed had hairs on the back of his neck that could rise, the hairs on the back of his neck would be rising. <laughs> As this is an oppressively creepy, almost evil feeling washes over him. And I need a wisdom saving throw, please. Oh, shit. Oh, he's actually got good wisdom. I mean, Ranger. Yeah, yeah. Have at least above average wisdom. Now, now I need to do my like speed read of things to make sure he's a decent roll, but it's not a great one. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. he does have uh, inspiration. I could use that and re-roll it if I need to. I'm just checking to make sure he didn't have anything that gave him like a natural advantage for it first. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know anything about wisdom saves specifically. 
I don't remember seeing it the first time I went through, so I'm just trying to speed read. Secondary arms. <laughs> don't think telepathy has anything to do with it. Uh, no. So, uh, let's use his inspiration and try again. Okay. Because Eric's a little too giddy about the fact that it doesn't <laughs> I mean, Plus three, it's pretty good. Odds. There you go. That's better. All right. So by utilizing the inspiration, he's able to kind of steal his nerves and uh, avoid any um, psychically damaging effects that go on in this okay. room. Well, with that, he's going to just slowly back out now. Wait Give me for... one more stealth check. That trying does to, have advantage. For trying to gauge how often, like, I should allow a player to move. Around. I, I feel like like their speed, how like, generally is kind of like how yeah, far. Yeah. That and I'm just showing off because yeah, jeez, <laughs> another twenty eight just absolutely blends into nothing. I go back here and just telepathically communicate something that is very wrong up here. Oh, can you telepathically talk with any of us, or does it see us? Oh, that's a good question. God, does it say? have to see your target. That act, I, you know, yeah, we haven't used that enough, but you're right. He, he, when he talks, it's all telepathy, so he would actually make a great scout for that reason. Creatures you can see within 120 feet of yourself. Yeah, okay, you so I have to see. see. Okay. That's good range, but unfortunately, yeah, you're cutting off line of sight constantly. Yeah, right. Your telepathic link to a creature is broken if you and the creature move more than 120 feet apart, if either of you is incapacitated, or if either of you mentally breaks the contact. Yeah. So basically, to, for telepathy, we kind of all have to agree for him to be able to talk to us this way, I think. Yeah. You have to consent. Yeah. You have to consent. Nobody talks to me in my mind, so I want them to. <laughs> I'm not real sure Frey would have consented to that, but we'll say she did. <laughs> Alright. Climb my skeleton. Yeah. I'm not where did where did you see the line of sight thing? I mean I could see like Celeste and Valrobin, they were right. No, but here. I mean I mean on the it just says you use telepathy to convey your thoughts. With a creature you can see within hundred and twenty feet. Is that under the I'm reading it straight from this thing. Wow. I'm looking at the thriking race thing in the companion. It doesn't have that in there, so but I will. Oh, interesting. Refer to that. Yeah, this is the one. It, I was... it might be an extra thing you gave him. Maybe. Since he can't like literally talk anymore. Yeah, you might have changed that. Maybe <laughs> I don't. I don't it. think I did, but huh? Maybe I copied it from something else. Yeah, maybe maybe thriking are in multiple books. It was different. Yeah. Well, he's using telepathy to talk to us because he can't actually speak. Right, yeah. I'm just saying well, that. No, that's the, the, that's the your Thrykreen telepathy thing. Yeah, the only difference is that one of them says you have to see them. The other one doesn't say you have to see them. Yeah. The one I looked that's at good. doesn't say you have to actually see them. It just says within 120 feet. It looks like you literally left out like three words when you retyped it. To be able to understand yeah. at least one line. Yeah, that's it. It's literally like that line is almost word for word with what's in the telepathy. I, yeah, that's what confuses me. I wonder if they took that out or... If because I don't, it's weird that I would add that. I don't recall doing that. Yeah. Are, they, are they literally just missed it? Yeah. Right. I guess it hasn't come up yet, <laughs> but that's interesting. How do you rule it? 
Um, I would probably go with the better one, the one that you don't have to have line of sight to speak. Okay. Assuming so you guys have previously given consent to do telepathy, I guess. In that case, then he'd stay over here. Yeah. Also, also, if that's the case, you could probably edit, edit the description. Once he starts preaching uh, about something, though, I'm going to cut yeah, that connection. If you want to cut, because what I literally did is I pulled up the race on the compendium and just copied that in there. So I don't know why I didn't do yeah. that. Or, or unless I, something I bet, did change. I bet, I bet Three Crane is in like two different books and it's like maybe worded differently. Yeah, in, maybe. In different places. I've seen that. They updated before, one and like, missed the other one. Yeah. yeah. Creatures, creatures within 120 feet of yourself. There we go. That fixes yeah. it. Done. Yeah, because otherwise, like the the usefulness um, way down, I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he would report back that there is a danger afoot. Danger afoot. Should we go towards the danger? Someone was whimpering. I don't. We either, I don't do thimbleweed very well. We either go towards the danger or we go down that big hole. It's true, there's a big hole. Frey votes for the hole. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I said this in the crafty last week, but I feel like we got to do all the side rooms before we go down to the next level of the dungeon. <laughs> I do remember you saying that. That was funny. Frey has been denied going down the D and D version of a slip and slide, and she's pissed. <laughs> Yeah, we could just proceed a little bit, just check it out, you know. Uh, get your nag out of the way. <laughs> I'm moving. Uh, what's everybody's What's everybody's passive perception? Sorry, ah, shit. you move in here. Just asking. Gosh. I actually haven't opened the character sheets yet. Let's do Phrase that. is actually fourteen. Yeah. How is Phrase better than freaking thimbleweeds? That is a good question. Is that isn't it wisdom? Yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. There might be other beats or something yeah. that add to it. Uh, so. yeah. Um, Celeste is 12. Oh, wow. maybe it's charisma because Varavans is 18. You must have something also. 18? Uh, 18. I don't know how. That's pretty crazy. Mine's 17, but my charisma is a negative one, so I don't think okay. it's that. It's I, no, it's, it is wisdom, but it's, it, it's, it's your base wisdom, but 10. there's... Plus your wisdom modifier, plus your proficiency bonus. So why would mine be... Wait, 10? ten? This says it's 10, plus all that modifiers right, would, be, it would apply to a rolled perception check for that character, such as wisdom modifier and proficiency bonus. Well, then mine should be much lower than it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know there are feats that can add to it. Mine's right, because mine would be 10 plus my proficiency bonus, which would make it 14. Because your proficiency is plus four. Wow. So, in that case, Celeste is wrong. Because ten plus her wisdom is two. How do we still not know 12, this information? Somebody help us in the chat. Proficiency <laughs> the proficiency bonus would be 16. Well, this is us. The reason we don't know this is because the character sheet does this for us. Mm -hmm. like it's, it's, yeah. It's like so now we just don't trust it. If it's automated wrong, then... Yeah, I don't know why Celeste should not be a 12 then. It should be like a Expertise 16. might add to it. Elf oh, has keen oh, eye. Like I said, there's other eye. things. Okay. That's your base, but there's other things that can increase it. Ugh, roll 20 is failing me on searching for these rules too. Yeah. 
Yeah, because Reese's oh, would jack be of wrong all trades too. that would bump okay, yours up. Reese, Reese's probably... potentially would be wrong too because if it's adding your proficiency bonus, Reese should be a minimum fourteen like me, and if it adds wisdom, he should be a seventeen. I don't think it adds your proficiency. I think it adds your proficiency is added to your perception. So if you're proficient in perception, then it would up your passive perception. Oh, so ba base it would be just ten plus your ten wisdom. plus your wisdom modifier. But if you are proficient in wis in perception, in perception, then that's that going to make sense. your passive that, perception that's go up. It. Yeah. yeah, I'm so actually hilariously proficient. Proficient in perception. That's why yours is higher. Okay, yeah, that's why yeah. So it's, it's basically lower, ten plus your perception perfect. modifier. Then yeah. really, yeah. Ah, I'm also proficient in perception. Okay. okay. Yeah. So mystery solved. <laughs> it's, it's all kinds of different thing. numbers though through here. Yeah. Try saying that like five times fast. Proficient in perception. I can't even say it once. Uh. So as you all uh. More of you walk through this room. Thimbleweed was very quiet, made not a peep, and was effectively invisible. The rest of you just kind of come stomping down uh, into this bigger chamber. And then, um, even though it's very dark, and then from the edges, I believe Edmund is the only thing giving off light, but that's kind of deep down in the tunnel. But even then, you can see um, these shadows suddenly like detach and move around the room and begin to animate and like reach out for all of you and uh, oh. it is quite surprising except for those of you with a passive perception above a 16 oh jeez which would be me you. Edmund is that it I believe so. And Frey, I know you do have an option if you want to rage to avoid being surprised, you can do that. Ah, yeah. As several okay. of these shadowy creatures seemingly oh. detach. Lord Marbury's passive perception is 16. It says right on his character sheet. Wow. Nice. I, I assumed he would have he would have failed, but he did not. So yeah, we roll initiative. Yep, give me some initiative, please. Okay. Yeah, these things did not spot Thimbleweed at all, but we did not spot them either. <laughs> Wait, is th is this the room of Dangerous Shadows that Edmund saw earlier and we just walked into it? Could be. Oops. Edmund confirms yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, Thimbleweed told us there was nothing here. Yeah, then yeah. they just failed to warn us because he was so stealthy that he didn't... He didn't what happens us. when two stealthy things meet each other... Neither of them see each other. <laughs> Effectively. Um, does anybody remember how the animate dead skeletons work? Are they... I mean, they're skele well, I don't they know. just kind of roll separately, I guess. I, I, I have no idea. Technically, they are here. They're here, but they're headless. I'm currently writing one. I was going to ask if that was still the case. Uh, let's see... Uh, it's in each of your turns, yeah. you have to use a bonus action to command them. Yeah, so they don't get their own turn. Although, if you, yeah, if you control multiple creatures, you can command any or all of them at the same time, issuing the same command to each one. So it effectively works like uh, Raymond's uh, summoned animal bag things. Mm. Uh, 
Two. Are these shadows like up or to the side or below, like on the ground? Where, uh, where they're on the they? ground. They're just all kind of hugged back against the wall. Um, kind of all around this room. Um, so this is a surprise round. So, uh, right now, Frey, or no, sorry, Valravin, Edmund, and I guess Lord Marbury are not surprised. That's right. And Frey, like I said, if you want to rage, then you can avoid being surprised as well. But that is up to you. Okay, right now. Okay. <laughs> Shadow. Oh no, there's shadows everywhere. They're all around me. Oh dear lord. Walked in the middle of them. They all go before me. That's wonderful. Well, this is a surprise round, so they're all going to go. Or, no, you're right, you're right. This is. Yeah, yeah, it didn't matter. Sorry. Surprise yep. round. <laughs> yes. Combat music up in here. Mm-hmm. Alright, so. Um, I feel like I need a sticky note for surprises. Um. So Belen doesn't go, Thimbleweed doesn't go, Celeste doesn't go. Good oh. guys go. And we've got f- a bunch of shadows and then Edmund. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. That's pretty good initiative here. That Yeah, they actually did pretty good on their initiative, didn't they? Alright, we've got shadow number five. Now, Edmund, you are spilling some amount of light into this room. Uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, but it's at the edge. So the shadow is uh, going to actually try to blend into uh, the shadowy edges of your light vision. And what do you mean by that? You mean like out of range or? So right now you are glowing with the just normal light spell, which extends bright right. light in 20 feet and dim light additional 20 feet. That becomes relevant for this particular battle, um, at least for the purposes of their shadow stealth. They have to be not in that bright light to. So they're hiding in the dim light. Use this ability, but they well they can do this ability in dim light. Basically, this is just so they can get advantage on their next a- attack. Uh, so it's going to attempt to hide. So what it's going to do? Um, it's actually going to look at both Robin and the pet. You did really step in here, didn't you? Yeah, I sure did. Alright, so it's going to try to target you, Volravin, with this, which means it has to beat your passive perception with its roll. Okay. But ties do win if it's if it's the one rolling, so it needs to roll an 18 or higher on this roll. Gotcha. <laughs> and it does. So it yep. barely just ables to kind of blend, and you see like a shimmering, you kind of lose sight of it for a second, and then next thing you know, it is directly beside you, which means it's getting advantage on its attack here. Brian. Oh, that was some good advantage. Drain your strength. That wasn't good advantage. Yep. And it does six necrotic damage. Okay. But the scarier thing is your strength is reduced by two. Your strength score. Okay. This reduction lasts until you finish a short or long rest. But if it reduce, if your strength is ever reduced to zero, it is death. That's, that's really bad news for me because my strength score ain't high to begin with. No, I don't know how to track. How do I track that in the sheet, though? I don't have a good answer for that, unfortunately. Sticky note. Uh, 
Roll twenty has like temporary I, modifiers you can put in there or something. Yeah, I, I can, you can go in the attribute options, I suppose, in the gear and maybe add some. Well, yeah. Remember what I was doing for my uh, yeah, yeah, crown? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You go to the gear and right down the top middle. Just do minus two. To minus strength. two, and then you'll get some sort of notification. It's like a color change on your character yeah. sheet to tell you that it's temporary. Okay. Weirdly, I don't get the color thing, but I do, if I hover over it, it does change from nine to seven, so it is working. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Roll something that uses strength and see if it uses the other number. My, my strength score is now is now a negative two. So. Oh boy. Wait, why is it plus? What is that? I don't, I don't think it worked right. <laughs> it's still doing. It's plus minus two plus two. Yeah, I don't know why it's doing that. All right, well, you figure that out, I'm going to continue attacking. Uh, okay. This this time it actually is targeting the Pegasus. And it's going to do the same thing, but this time it has to beat your Pegasus's passive uh, perception, which it does not, so that's just going to be a normal attack. And I don't know what Marbury's AC, but 11's uh, not a great roll. token did not get put on there for some reason. Uh, no, it does not hit. Okay. That one does not hit. Uh, where is that one? Oh, that one's way down there. Uh, 20, 25, 30. Actually, these things move pretty quickly. There's like shimmering and shaking and like juddering forward, almost like a. It's picturing that XCOM creature. It looks like a cyber thing. Oh right, it's like like glitching out. All yeah, the time. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, same thing. It's gonna, what is a uh, Celeste passive perception? Uh, not very good. It is a twelve. All right, so this one does effectively kind of slink from view and then pop out, try to drain her strength with advantage. Ooh, but an 11 is a very poor roll nope. advantage. Yeah. All right, and then we've got number one up here is going to come down, and same thing. We'll use token fate to determine if it's you or the Pegasus. It is you. So try okay. to beat that 18. It does. Holy shit. Blinks oh, yeah, out of you. You're, yeah. <laughs> If they're in, uh, actually, five... You know what? I don't think this one can. I think it's too close to the light, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like five, ten, fifty. Yeah, it's too close. So, ignore that. So, it does not get to, um... Just sneak up on me? You know, since it was it was back here, wasn't it? I'm actually going to have it go the long way, because it would detest the light. So, it's going to go around uh, here. But, because of that, it's going to only attack the Pegasus. But, I'm going to let it do its stealth check again against the Pegasus this time. God, okay. <laughs> Even better. So now advantage against the Pegasus. Okay. Damn advantages are doing 21, it is. That does 12 necrotic Ooh. damage against Lord Marbury and reduces his strength by one. Lord Marbury does not have a gear section to go to. <laughs> You'll have to, yeah, I'll come up with that one. Lord Marbury's strength is solid, though. He's not gonna... And then we've got another three shadows before Edmund's turn. Um, this time we've got multiple targets for the shadow to go after, so we will token fate that. That is Lord Marbury. Uh, stealth as a bonus action. Oh man. <laughs> Advantage, strength drain. 21 to Lord Marbury. 9 necrotic damage, another 2 strength reduced. Literally just sucking all his all stamina right. and power. My, I just wrote my S2, I got crossed it out. <laughs> Updating, please. Yep. Uh, now, interestingly, 
Well, Thimbleweed is stealthing, but he's right here, so they would just find him by the fact that they're just going to bump into him as there's some, like, right in this room up here, so normally if he had been in a certain spot, maybe they could have gone past him, but since he's directly in front of this room that some of these were pouring out of, they are going to uh, come after him. No, I think they should have to make some kind of a perception check. To <laughs> normally, yes, but him. literally right there in front of him, practically bumping in. He is a very stealthy bug. Yeah, in doing so, because it, it was kind of maybe surprised to find him there. He's not. It's not going to do its um, bonus action stealth thing. It's just going to go for a straight strength drain against Thimbleweed and miss terribly. Mm -hmm. uh, the back one's a little more prepared, however, and it will also come after Thimbleweed <laughs> to actually get right here. That one will bonus action stealth. But I don't think Thimbleweed's got a better passive. Okay, so just straight up regular strength drain. Boy! If it's not the Pegasus or Valravan, I can't hit, though. Alright, still in the surprise round, we go to Edmund, who by sheer force of having an excellent passive perception, you are kind of on the up and up, but all these shadows start flittering around and attacking. Did I notice that they were kind of avoiding the light? You do notice that. It didn't seem like it was damaging them or doing anything like that, but just generally they were kind of not wanting to be in that space versus towards the shadows. What do I have? I don't have any spells on me. Um, you don't have any spells on you? No, I mean um, active with concentration. Uh, oh, I see. oh, these are a lot of shadows, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> sure is, boss. A lot of things going on. Oh, these are a lot of shadows. Alright, I'm going to step forward. And I'm going to make a snowball out of the snow. And interestingly, I'm able to light it a flame with a match and I throw it. A flaming snowball. Ah, oh, yes. One I throw it. Um, and what do I do with this? Bonus action, I can move the sphere up to 30 feet. Um, if you ram into a creature. So I don't, I don't know how you let me flavor it. Could I ram into number five and make the fireball or the flaming sphere land above him? Uh, uh, up, up to bonus action, you can move here up to 30 feet. The sphere stops moving this turn. Uh, I mean, I assume it's a floating. I think we've always flavored it as a floating sphere, technically, yeah, right? So Not necessarily like a vertical. rolling ball. Yeah. You can direct it over. Well, I don't know. It says when you move the sphere, you can direct it over barriers up to five feet tall and jump it across pits up to ten feet wide. So maybe it actually doesn't fly if you you're limited to certain distances that's, and jumps. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> that part of the description. Yeah. I had a flaming sphere icon for you. Well, if that's the case, then I will, because I can do 60 feet, so I'll make it appear two squares to the right of number one, and then as my bonus action, ram it into number one. How about that? Uh, sorry, say again, I, I was grabbing your token. <laughs> Here, let me, let me add this to you. Hold it. All right, you have control. Let me light. generate it there. This thing has its light, though, right? Yeah, it's it's a it's a fire. But does it? Yeah, uh, sheds bright light in a twenty foot. That's what I was looking for. 
As I light this, I wink at Frey because I notice it doesn't go away because it's magical sphere. It's magical light. Hey, and it's more than 30 feet from me. No, uh, it's right at 30 feet. It is magical fire, though, yeah. Yeah, you were probably number... not certain for a moment when you cast it what would happen, but it, do, it does stay up. <laughs> it, it, it flickered ominously for that first moment, yeah. let's be honest. Uh, so yeah, I generated it there, but then I ram it into number one, and sure. it lands here. Okay. Uh, and so the 2d6 got rolled above for nine damage. Okay, so this is... this is if your... it saves... It's a, okay. Uh, so DC 17, Dex. And I didn't update my spell save is 17 now. Okay. Damn it. Wow. All right. It made a 17. I think it takes half then? Yeah. Okay. Still looks like it burns a little bit. Um, this is where you can direct it over. It's very nice with projects. And it has a thing about. Does it do damage constantly also? Any creature that ends its turn within five feet of the sphere. On their next turn, if they stay where they are and we're within five feet, they're gotcha. going to get damaged. Okay, when you cast that, it definitely lights up their shadows and they all kind of recoil instinctively. Um, and, and obviously one of them gets damaged. And it looks like they are definitely not wanting to stick around there uh, if they can help it. All right, uh, anything else? Uh, no. All right, we've got number four here is, uh, can no longer use its shadow stealth though because this thing is giving off too much bright light, which it's irritated about. So it will just go after uh, Thimbleweed with its normal drain. Uh, nope. That does not, Thimbleweed's got great AC as I recall. Yes, he does. Number two is also unfortunately in the light and it's kind of connected to you. We're gonna go with Frey and Valravin for the token fate and the Pegasus. We'll throw all three of them. Fate has chosen Valravin, however. Cannot use its shadow stealth, but it will just try to attack you with the drain. And of course, of course, I'm yeah. gonna roll way more than I needed. Yep. Oh god. Oof. You take Wait. seven necrotic, but your strength score is reduced by oh, I four. That you were rolling for that. I thought, I thought it was just a base two. I didn't see that. I'm roll. It's a rolling a one d four each time. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> Old man. Uh, well, Robin starts. Uh, so I've got a, what? I've got a negative six now. Barely hanging on. What is your strength score right now? Three. Oh god. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> We can literally see his his mini muscle, yeah. his few muscles wasting away. Yeah. Yes. He looks. Yes. Yeah. It's... I had I had a nine initially, and we I'm I'm at a minus six right now. Oh gosh. Yeah. So his like yeah, you, you, like that old man itis or something is just like yeah, his... just just all of it's just, just yeah, all the moisture is draining from his body. Well, it is your you turn. Hold on, to Pegasus. It's still the surprise round, but you do have a higher perception, so you were aware of what was going on. Have I seen these creatures fly no. or or take to the air at all? You have not. All right, then I'm gonna say sorry, Lord Marbury. They, they do I'm look thinking. like uh, like humanoids who don't normally have wings or anything, and they don't even look ghostly. Like they're still shuffling on the ground, but they kind of flit around like creepy shadows and stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. In that case, I'm going to uh, forego Lord Marbury's turn. 
and take direct control of him. Assuming control. Assuming control. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, fly... How, how, how high is this cavern? Um, give me one second. How high can I get? <laughs> Far away from these fucking shadows can I get? Yeah. A 30 foot high cave. It's okay. pretty big. So 20 feet high would probably put my head like, like, like almost, uh, cause I'm on yeah, the back of the Pegasus. Exactly. So yeah, like I'm, I'm, yep. I'm probably on top of that. Well, yep. the Pegasus is flapping, so your head keeps going gunk, gunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh also, to mention the sharp spikes of icicles yeah. on the top of the ceiling, <laughs> stabbing you constantly. All right, so remember, he's going to go up 20 feet in the air. Um, by, oh, by disengaging, geez. or what was the plan for that? Oh, oh, oh. Did you have a plan? Well, I believe... Okay, I have to look up the rules again. Shoot. You are uh, surrounded by many, many creatures. I believe if, if I'm controlling him, he can choose to disengage. Which would not attack me either, being the writer of him. This is relevant information. Yes, okay, controlling him out. Um, your options are dash, disengage, and dodge. So yes, I can disengage using Lord Marbury. Okay. Uh, using him as a mount. And that would be a disengage action for both of us, because I'm not moving of my own volition. He's moving me. Okay. Well, you could just disengage and just run away. I suppose I, I, I could, but I, I want to help too, even though I'm like, <laughs> like a weakling on the back of this Pegasus. <laughs> uh, yeah, but take advantage of the mobility you've got. Yes, so Lord, yeah, Lord Marbury will use his action to disengage, fly us up 20 feet in the air. Okay. And then for my action, actually, you know what? He's going to fly over. And that doesn't take your action to control him? No. Well, no. actually, that's a good question. You I mentioned think it takes his... my move. I, I think it takes my movement to control him, but let me let me let me check that. Yeah. Um. I'm just you grabbed Celeste. And you did that too, I think. Oh, did I? I don't think. I, I think it's just my movement. It, it's like he's he, on on my turn. He is disengaging, and okay. his movement is my movement okay. if I'm controlling him. Okay, this is going to be hard to depict on this map, but we have now entered 3D battlefield mode with you yes, 20 feet in the, air. in the air. So yes. technically you can, yeah. But I appreciate it if you try not to cover anybody up. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll try not to. Um, 20, 25. All right, so what he's going to do, he's going to fly up here in the air. And, oh, shoot, this is real, this is pretty good time. Well, actually, no, it's not. <laughs> They're only 20 feet away. Line your AoEs. Yeah, yeah. I also don't know if these things are undead, so immune to psychic or not. That's a good question. Um, Alright. I don't know. So instead, I'm going to gem of brightness them. They don't, they don't like the light. So let's, they do not let's like show, the light. Yeah. Let's, let's give them some light. More light. He's going to use five charges and uh, cause a 30-foot cone of blinding light. Now, you are 20 feet in the air. I am. So the cone, I don't want to have to do the math on this. I, 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 I should still be able, be able to reach this guy, this number three, number five back here, I think. If I just aim it down at them. 
I, I'm not a geometrist. I, I'm gonna say you. You can. Pythagorean theorem. I, I can move one closer. Damn you, Pythagoras. Hang on. I'll do the math. My goal it, was to like hit fine. like all of these with a cone. With a thirty-foot cone. Yeah, wait, if you're twenty feet in the air. Yeah. You just. You're losing a lot of distance. Like down, you only get like ten more feet. Yeah. Ten feet away, like even if I'm like angling it down. I'm gonna say yeah. You can't get the the distance that you wanted to, but you could still. Um, I would say you could get uh, one, three, and eight. Oh, uh, uh, the blue three. By your safe flying position. Okay, that's fine. Okay. I will attempt to blind those three at least. Well, actually, you can go twenty-two feet in front of you. Twenty-two feet. With a thirty-foot cone. Is that what the Pythagoreans? Damn do? you, Pythagoras! <laughs> Always screwing me. Because these guys are only twenty feet away from me. That's but the true. thing, if you think of a cone, then originating from you, you're still in the sky, so you wouldn't hit number three or number one. You could hit three and five. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, like, that's interesting because they're below. Yeah, once we really start thinking, the, see, D D just fucking source. falls apart when you do it these three D battlefield. Three D, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. How, how about this? I'll give you five, three, and one. Essentially, you're gonna hit three people, but three, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna hit three of them. Yeah. All right. That's fine. That's fine. All right. I, I'm in the air. I'm safe. I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. All right. What is? What are my things I'm rolling for? Con. Uh. Uh, 15. DC 15 con save. Yes. Zero damage. They all, right. all fail. And they are all, blinded, all blinded by the light. Yeah, they really don't like that recoil. Yes. So where Paul Rolvin is, 30 feet in the air, he can go exactly 22 <laughs> feet out in front of him. But like like Raymond said, like, like he can. He can go 20 feet out in front of him. But at the point of origin, the it starts out as a very like tiny cone. Wide. Yeah, so, so I can see why it wouldn't hit. The people yeah, directly below him aren't gonna get hit by it. Yeah, it's not like a massive. I I can't. Yeah, I can't think like that. we 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 ruled something. It works. <laughs> All right. All right, and at that also yes. he will um speak some words of uh who doesn't have it. I wrote down Celeste at some point. I don't know if she's got if we short rested since then. I think so. I gave, I gave okay. Because I think you've got uh, all so yours back, and I don't think you've given it out since then. Okay. Um, he will speak some words about uh, who, who who's most in danger right now. <laughs> Probably Thimbleweed. He'll speak some words of of, of yeah. Thimbleweed. Well, Thimbleweed's got great AC uh, to be fair. He's you uh, might be able to struggle out. Well, no, this is a burning inspiration, so it's more about hitting. Oh, that's true. Then, um. Yeah, so he'll, he'll he'll speak some words about the the, the 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 insectoid creature surrounded by shadows as they rose from the darkness of the cave, stood his ground and drew his bow. And he'll give Thimbleweed an inspiration, a uh, bardic inspiration. All right. Welcome to the channel, Mad Five Eighty Two. Waited the ten minutes so you could chat. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You can we come out of the uh, the waiting room. You're a full-fledged member now. All right, so you are uh, you are 20 feet in the air, having blasted people with gems. I've got more shadows to unleash. Does that mean the Pegasus doesn't normally is not going to take its turn when it comes up that at the is end? That's correct. Okay. He's not going to take his turn. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Uh, so number six, gonna go after Celeste, but too close to various lights, so it can't do its thing. Just normal strength drain. Eleven's not gonna have Celeste. I either roll really bad or really well on these things. Uh, number two, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Also, with you leaving, Celeste is now just the closest target. And yet, I cannot hit to save my life there. Uh, number seven doesn't want to get near that flaming sphere, so actually you might have saved Thimbleweed there. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. You know what? To to shake things up, this one will go after Frey. Bring it. Do its strength drain on you. Oh! Critical hit. This one just swarms towards you, Frey, and this seems like it has like the visage of someone you've slain before. <laughs> And it does a total of 15 necrotic damage, and your strength score is reduced by 3. Okay. That's not going to affect me at all. I also need a con save, because it does trigger massive damage. Ugh. That's gonna, that's gonna attack your- that's gonna affect your damage, though. Your damage has just- Damage and your attack, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Hers was still, save? like, monumentally huge. Right. To be yeah. fair. My strength score is a 23. Got, yeah. yeah. She's got a belt. So now yeah. I could drain her several belt. times and she would still be superhumanly strong. Varavan, on the other hand, will be dead. All right. You are able to uh, shake off the effects of the massive damage, however. I'm not afraid of no massive damage. And with that, we finally go back up to the regular initiative. That was just the surprise round. And Valen says, I really wish we could stop fighting undead, or I need to take different cantrips and spells. <laughs> uh, you really are useless, aren't you? <laughs> unfortunately, he does not have the spell list they gave me. My god, yeah, it's... All your necromancy cantrips are going to affect the undead shadows? Nope, it's like... sure not. Uh, what she can do, though, is direct her uh, skeletons to attack, at least. You know what you should do, Valin? You should ready an action to raise Val Robin when he dies. <laughs> strengthless corpse falls to the ground. <laughs> just... You ready to raise him just like that. At least he'll... he's a zombie now. He'll he'll just be bone and sinew at that point anyway, yep. so why not? Yep. Just yeah, fantastic. Uh but yeah, she will command her skeletons to destroy these destroy these vile creatures. And they will uh, move forth. That's a good point, chat. Chat's saying, like, the belt is magically keeping her strength at 23. It's not draining the belt's strength. That's that's true. We had a long conversation about this oh, in the you? chat about, <laughs> okay. about how this works. Um, that, that's a weird, like... Yes. Like, two magic things come in contact with each other, how does it interrupt? Well, here's the weird thing is, if we want to rule it that way... Your skills that you have are useless against me. Right, well, here, here's, the, here's the difference. And maybe you can help me make this ruling, but we can either rule it where it works like normal, it's just draining your strength, or we can rule it where, well, it's draining your real strength, but your magically enhanced strength is still at 23. Oh, so However, you could still die if your normal strength score, which we're still having to keep track of, goes like down to zero. 
That, 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 I, was, I told so, you I was watching the, uh, the uh, anime Cyberpunk uh, on Netflix. Oh. It's like, a, a, it's like a, one of the core ideas is like, like, they keep pumping themselves up with cyborg stuff. It's like, let me keep you alive. Like, like, Darth Vader. Own, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, you're going to kill yourself at some point. Yeah. So if you like that idea, I'll, I'll rule it that way. But you still have to keep track of how much strength your normal strength score has been drained, just in case um, it would go down to zero, because then you would die, belt or no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's an interesting conundrum, and I think uh, that's how I think Jeremy Crawford was ruling as well. No, really. Uh, so yeah, Valen is commanding her skeletons to march forward and attack with uh, their swords. Which somehow they've got, I guess, or just for the sake of easiness, I'll just say they have sword. They picked up some swords somewhere. You guys, you guys probably have extra weapons lying around. Probably, yeah. Oh, there was dead bodies back there. It's wow. Oh, All right, God, you know what? Come on. They have disadvantage, so that was one of them, and then the oh, other okay. one because they're both headless. And then that was the <laughs> other one. That. All right, both these skeletons do not much, but at least yeah. their bodies in the way at this point. That's true. Yep. Alright, now we go to Thimbleweed. Uh, which is played by Heather. Realizing to make that uh, clarifying yeah. point every time. <laughs> I was trying to see if I could remember what my strength score was before the belt. Oh, right, yes. Uh, yeah. You need to do the thing that these two have been doing, which is the the modifier on top of the thing yeah yeah i mean it had to Should've have been a, what a had to be either an 18 or 20 it, it i imagine probably like a 19 or something yeah you, you had to have been you know. i think it was like a, an 18 or a 19 uh, yeah it was still ridiculous yeah yep i was putting like all of my points into basically strings <laughs> um okay so thimbleweed uh well they were a little too close for Using his bow and arrow, so I guess we're using Vigilance. Uh, we'll go with number eight first. I have to remember what Gathered Swarm does again. Sorry. So have more damage, or you can push them, I think, is, is the two options. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. It's, yeah, okay. Alright, and then... True. If, we had a, if we had a Cleric right now, this whole fight would be... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so number eight, Vigilance, 18 to hit. Faux show. Uh, so yeah, that's 10 piercing. Piercer feet. Uh... Ooh. Alright, so let me roll Gathered Swarm against this guy if that doesn't kill him or anything. So it's an extra d6. Uh, the the 10 actually does, uh, when you slice in with that magic sword, that shadow just like shimmers and just dissipates. Cool. Alright, so for a second attack we'll do the same thing against number 4. Oh, so close. Wow. Yeah. So close. You've had three almost crits with Link the Yeah. 
Uh, ten. ten is good, but this shadow was a little hardier than the others. So Alright, so then we'll use Gathered Swarm on that. Gotcha. So that's an extra d6. Which is a two, but then I can use his piercer feet to actually re-roll that. To re-roll the swarm? Uh, it is... Yeah. It is yeah. piercing damage, yeah. Because it's piercing damage. Ah, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If the when you creature with an attack that deals piercing damage, you can re-roll one of the attacks damage dice, and I must use the new roll. So I'll just re-roll that one d six. Okay. Four. That's even better. So total of fourteen damage for number four. Okay. That that combined damage uh, kills the other one as well. <sighs> And uh, <clears throat> attempted to make him go invisible, but <laughs> he's actually okay right now. That's fine. Yeah, I still got one shadow bearing down right next to you. Yeah, but he hasn't taken any damage yet, so mm. he can't get through his armor class yet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, then we've got Celeste as played by Chris. All right. Celeste is going to start mopping some shadows. Let's see. Um, okay, Mop two-handed. Okay. Uh, it's going to be number six yep. below her. For ten bludgeoning. Okay. Does some mighty damage as that one reels back. Mop again. 15 hit. Yep. Okay. For seven bludgeoning. And that one dissipates into nothingness. All right. She soaks the shadow up into her mop. Uh, all right. Then she will, uh, she'll go ahead and use a key point to do two unarmed strikes. And she'll turn to number two. And start punching at it. Uh... There's oh, a crit. there's a crit. Put that on the board. Wow. Just one of the next ones. 13 radiant damage. And the radiant damage, you notice, does uh, is very effective against oh, shit. these shadowy <laughs> creatures. <laughs> As it lights them up from the inside, you see them just give off a horrible shrieking sound. Okay. Uh, which one was that? Number two. Yeah, so that does uh, just... It, like, it's super effective, and that one just melts away instantly. Just Okay, well, she should have been unarmed striking this entire time. Then. Sure should have been, but I wasn't going to tell you. Yeah, all right. One more unarmed strike now against number one. Seventeen. That does it. Four, five. <laughs> Minimum damage. Also does uh, a pretty good chunk, though, because yeah. they seem to really hate that radiant damage. All right. That is her. All right. We've got a blinded shadow, but still a target-rich environment. Uh, it's kind of even between Frey and Volrava. Well, actually, you can't really get to... Can't get to Volrava, he's 20 feet in the air. Yeah, I can't get... To... Oh, sorry, I meant Thimbleweed and Frey. I uh, can't really get to 
Right, I'm gonna do it between the skeleton and the thimbleweed then. That's what skeletons are here for. I know. <laughs> I left it up to fate. But they don't. They don't. Uh, let's just do these. Right. Yeah, thanks, Simmix. That, that's exactly what I realized. That I was like, oh yeah, she could just shoot radiant lasers out. Yeah, sure can. Clean this whole place up. So disadvantage against Thimbleweed is not gonna get it done. Mm. Then this one is in the same boat. It really doesn't want to be he, next he, to he the. Does I think get to re-roll? No, oh I, yeah, thank you, um, Con. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, this one will go after the skeleton because it doesn't want to be near that flaming sphere. Um, 14 does hit a skeleton. I'm going to see what skeletons are about in a crowd. This is what happens with undead attack each other. Uh, skeleton. Aren't, aren't skeletons, aren't all undead immune to necrotic? I don't know. Apparently not. Skeletons are not oh. immune to necrotic. Yeah. Maybe it's just ghostly skeletons? I don't know. That still does a full... You can still rot their bones, I still guess? Rot the, yeah, the it's still got, it's got like body body parts to rot, I guess, so... It still does some damage. And a con... Still blinded. Uh, this one will attack Celeste for regular... All right, we finally got a hit, I think. Yep. 11 necrotic damage to Celeste, and her strength score is reduced by one. Try to keep track of that. She still has some 10 hit points. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, her, her strength score doesn't break. Her one will fly over to... Uh, it's got the skeleton or Celeste. It'll use token fate. Alright, the skeleton. Disadvantage. I do believe that is going to annihilate one of the skeletons completely. Yeah, the, blind, the blind creatures attacking skeletons is not the best use of the blind. Yeah, that's true. Because they are skeletons. Rolled pretty good though, too, dang. Yeah. But they did their job, one of them did at least. Still blinded though, all three of them. Can't shake that effect off. Alright, we go to Frey. That's me! Sorry, I was reading the Jeremy Crawford thing on my belt and the strength ring. Mm. Oh, Not yeah. that I didn't trust you, dear, but <laughs> I didn't trust you, dear. Fair enough. Exactly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. <clears throat> Well, and these things are of a medium size, these shadows. They are. They look like generally humanoid sized. Okay. Hmm. What am I going to do? I can only use that for ice. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, eh, screw it. Um, with my, uh, Sweet, sweet advantage, because, you know, I always recklessly attack, because that's just a given at this point. Mm -hmm. Gonna swing on number seven. 
That's crit. Oh, well, goodness. Wow. Crits are coming in hot. Take the rage damage off, because I am not raging. On the board. It's 19 damage, and I get to roll an extra damage die if that's not enough. Just going to put that out there. Uh, Which one are you attacking? Number seven. That absolutely gets destroyed by the might of your magic axe. Okay. Then I will take a step forward. And let's go for number two. 24? Yes, indeed. For 10. Also a killing blow on that one. It's very satisfying, too. You slice it, and it's all just wispy, but it still, like, kind of splits in half like a person would. I like to think her eyes go a little blue, and just, like, the blue dissipates <laughs> the... <laughs> The shadow. That's it. I only get two attacks. Alright. Uh, Ray, does the Flaming Spear go off at the end of their turn or the start of the turn? Uh, end of their turn. Their turn. Alright. So they definitely don't want to be near that thing. So it will <laughs> move away from that. Uh, I guess the nearest one's actually Celeste over here. So it'll just take up the spot of that dead one. I should remember to X these out. Just to... Dead bodies disappear after a while. Alright, so number three will attack. Blessed. Strength drain. 19. We got another hit, I think. Uh, eight necrotic damage to Celeste, and her strength score is reduced by two. Okay. It actually won't matter if she gets too low. And we've got number nine up here is going after Thimbleweed, but unfortunately because of that stupid flaming sphere, it cannot use its uh, shadow stealth. Wait, are these guys over here by Celeste? Are they actually in, in dim light? Uh, they're in bright light. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no I thought th 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 they couldn't strengthen drain or whatever. I don't think user. It's it's the it's that bonus action hide uh, that they can't do, okay. which is why gotcha. basically only the first round. Which the right side guys could do it, but that Edmund's, uh, Edmund's got the flaming sphere, so that also prevents them from doing that. So yeah, yeah. Which is how they were We've getting covered the map with that. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's how they were getting advantage that first round essentially. Okay. Ooh, I actually hit Thimbleweed. I think with a twenty-one. Wow. The tie, yeah. It does tie, yes. That is going to be 7 necrotic damage, and his strength score is reduced by 2. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> it's really not. Um, from out of the shadows... <laughs> you had more things in mind. Yeah. Um, a large, fanged, monstrous creature appears... The rest of you, it's just kind of right outside of your vision, but to Thimbleweed, it is like right behind him as it um, lurks, and then it seemingly just materializes out of nothing, and then attempts to bite him. Actually... With a large, large creature, like not the tiny creature we've been seeing. Uh, well, it wasn't. A... All right, large is overstaying. It, it, a person-sized creature, I guess I should say. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I might have been uh, yeah overstaying a little bit. It's for dramatic effect, Christopher. Right. Jeez. <laughs> the camera's angled, so it looks very large. And this is as uh, this is with advantage. This is 
Okay. That both hit him. It doesn't matter. That hits. Uh, well, I didn't know I was going to roll that first. <laughs> uh, all right. So Thimbleweed takes 14 piercing and oh, 10 shit. necrotic damage. Ow. And his that... maximum hit points are reduced by that 10 necrotic as well. Ooh. Max Ooh. hit points. Okay. How yeah. do you track that? Is that a gear thing? Yeah, good that? luck tracking that. Is that a permanent, like, For... he's lost those, or is it until he gets a long rest or a short rest? This one is until that a long rest. This one is until a long rest. Okay. I don't know I'm going to... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to put notes in here. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so... And Thimbleweed sees what looks like kind of a monstrous hybrid hyena creature but with long sharp fangs that just bit into him and it is pretty terrifying and the rest of you are just barely where this is happening essentially it's all very quiet and nothing like thimbleweed may have given off like a telepathic scream or something but otherwise you all just having a clue this is happening over there yeah uh edmund well that changed my plans a little bit. <laughs> That's what the DM likes to hear. Um, as a bonus action, he's going to make the sphere jump over Thimbleweed. 5, 10, 15, oh, snap. 20, 25. And then Ram. About how it can hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch up. It's gonna ram into the creature from behind. All right, so we're gonna say that Thimbleweed has alerted you as to what has happened right now, because it mentioned the fact that nobody's really aware this is happening. Well, we can't see it. We can't see. I mean, we you said we couldn't it. really. You said we could kind of see it. You could but we kind of fully see it. Aware. Yeah, you weren't fully aware of it. You, you, you yeah. I kind of flavored it as um, you. Know, basically, you're all just full. Of, actually, Val Robin might have pretty good vision because you're in the air looking down, so you probably see it better than anybody else. So if you want to spread that information, you can. And obviously, Thimbleweed was just attacked, so he could also spread some information yeah. about something happening. Yeah, Edmund. I, I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> Logic-wise, you would have no idea this is happening until either Valrobin or Thimbleweed would communicate something okay. to that effect. So yes, it's probably fair that Thimbleweed would call. Oh, that's yeah. very good damage. No, he would have. No. He probably would have gone like vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Creatures back or something. Actually, he didn't really tell us about it the first time. It just kind of happened. Yeah, he just kind of tried to track it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's hard because he's obviously not here, the, the player, but I don't know how, how well he'd communicate, but probably something to the likes of like health or something. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because last time it didn't hit him either. It just, he felt mm -hmm. something and then disappeared. This time it like ripped into him pretty nastily. Yeah, that's why I was like, he would say like vampire. Uh, This is a deck save. Yes, 17. I don't know how to fix that. Uh, I've had a lot of character sheet editing, I feel like, this session. Uh, it dances away from the fire. I guess, does it take half on a save? I think we determined. Damage. Yeah. That was my bonus action. Okay. 
I'm going to step right here and go for a blind one. Yeah, I get pull that out. advantage. Oh, yeah. Pull out the flame blade. Nineteen certainly hits. Or eleven. Eleven. All right. This was the world's beefy. This was a Chad Shadow right here. Somebody mentioned Shadow uh, in the in the chat, but a real beefster of a Shadow <laughs> just withstood. Because normally, like ten or eleven's been a killing blow. This time, not so much. But still, takes obviously full damage. You're gonna bounce to number one for thirteen. <laughs> And the bounce will kill the other one, because that was a hefty bounce. My god. Just max damage. All right. Got some air that as one it gets was traveling. Lit up, yeah. Built. That one had also been uh, previously damaged by your flaming spear, too. So it's really melted. Uh, yep. He could still hit me, though, right? He, yeah, he could still hit me if I stepped away. Uh, technically, yes, with a reaction. Uh, it's still blinded, though, so that still affects him. Right. I'm not good. Dead. Yeah, I'll, I'll risk it. Stay in there? Yeah. All right. Uh, Valravelin, up in the air. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, before you go, Valravelin, uh, this yeah. you, you see this vampire... Uh, <laughs> you see this creature. I mean, we, we <laughs> you figured it out. Fangs um, <laughs> undead. Yeah, I'm just staring at the character the whole time. Um, it locks eyes with uh, Thimbleweed, and I need uh, Thimbleweed, which is you, Heather, to give me uh -huh. a Constitution saving throw. As just it stares into its eyes with just pools of darkness and like eyes turning bloodshot, pulls back its teeth into a rictus grin. The, the monster thing is doing that? The monster thing is doing that. Okay, Thimbleweed, uh, heart beats for a little bit, but uh, a little faster, but otherwise kind of stares right back into the creature. Valravin, go ahead. Okay, I don't know if any of these creatures are immune to psychic. I hope they're not, uh, but I'll find out in a second. Um... Valravin is going to... F well, actually, he, he's not, he, he can't move. But he can still see from where he was. He can still see the, the vampire creature. Um, as the vampire creature attempted to bite the insectoid in front of it, it realized that this creature was not of its normal victims. It was something else entirely, something unworldly to it. And the thought disturbed it so much... But his brain shuddered in recognition. Uh, so I'm doing a convenient brain aneurysm on the vampire. Okay. Uh, it's a DC 16 or 17. I don't know why it's not getting my DC save right. DC 17, intelligence saving throw. Um, or it takes 18 psychic damage. And it becomes incapacitated until the start of my next turn. Holy shit! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you, vampire! I rolled a uh, nat 20, which uh, on its modifier is hilariously not a 20. God damn! 
I wish I had something to that. Well, I could, I could have unsettling I could have words. Done the unsettling words. Yeah. I didn't do it. I didn't think about it. Yeah. All right. So it stares daggers damage. at you, Val Robin. Yep. So that's nine psychic damage. Do I see it take the psychic damage? Uh. Yes. All right. Um, well, then he will read some or write some words about who's who's next in danger. Um, I'll give, oh, let's say Edmund um, of Edmund's stance against the ghostly figures as he saw the carnage in front of him. Surely he had some clever ideas. <laughs> and he'll give Edmund a bardic inspiration. Ready? Uh, that one is Dead's. Got Lord Marbury. Uh, Lord Marbury will fly over here and kind of fly down and attempt to, from above, help Thimbleweed by hoofing a hoofing a shadow on the in the head. A blind shadow. A blind, blind shadow. Yeah. yeah. That's a good advantage. 23 for 12 bludgeoning. He will hoof that that shadow. Okay. Uh, which means he's only about 10 feet in the air now. Yeah. He is in attack range. Uh, that's his turn. You do know that Lord Marbury, even though he is a magical creature himself, uh, does not have magical weapons. No, he doesn't. Does Shadow doesn't quite take as much damage you're hoping he from has, that. He has regular hooves. Regular hooves. Uh, Valen will direct her last remaining skeleton to attack. There's Shadow. Which does hit, which is also a non-magical weapon, unfortunately. Are you hitting the one down, or... Well, I guess he's blind, too. Never mind. Uh, oh, you're right. Uh, yeah, so that does cancel out, doesn't it? The blind hitting the blind. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the one-eyed man! <laughs> <shall begin. laughs> something, something to that effect. <laughs> and yeah, Valen uh, is pretty certain her necrotic cantrips aren't going to do anything against ghostly creatures of necrosis. Uh, on Thimbleweed, uh, after that turn, um, Thimbleweed turns to, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to presume what you do, but you, you obviously you're trying to size up the creatures around, uh, including this vampire creature, and all of a sudden it, it just sees this, um, horrific man? creature... Um, just disappear into mist. And he does see that the mist flies... Oh, yeah! Chat's asking if it ended its turn next to the flaming sphere. Uh, it hasn't gone yet. Okay. Since this, these are all, which, if you haven't guessed, as legendary actions, which is why it gets to go between uh, moves. Um, 
you, but uh, anyway, so as a legendary action, Thimbleweed sees uh, this thing turn into mist and just start floating in mist form. Now, you do get to track the fact that the mist flies into this crazy uh, room I described with the giant stalagmites and the weird like ropes with, with uh, noisy, dangly things hanging from it and kind of further towards the east from that room, specifically. Mm. And that's all that happens. Continue. Okay. So, five is blinded, right? Yeah, I was not able to shake off any of the fucking blindness. So that's natural advantage against attacking him, right? Correct, Amundo. All right. Just vigilance him for nine damage. Yep, it's still. Well, you've got extra things you can do. I do. So if that means it's still alive. Yeah. We'll do gathered swarm, which I got wrong last time. Thank you, chat, for the help. It's actually a D8. It's another five. Oh. So, 14. Yes. Uh, that is a killing blow on the blinded okay. shadow. And then we'll turn to the one to the north. And... 15 to hit that yep, one. Look. For 8 damage on that one. Okay. And then he will use his bonus action to go invisible in case that thing comes back. Okay. That's kind of hard to go in. Mm. Uh, uh, type out or post the thing in the chat. Bonus action, you can become magically become invisible. All right. Yeah, yeah, it does say become invisible. Yep. Yeah. He's invisible now. Well, I, I, this replaced the other feature was like, you can take the hide action as a oh, yeah. as an action yeah. or something. So, but yeah, this is straight up better. Mag just magical invisibility. All right. He's a ninja now. Yeah. Pretty yeah. sweet. Uh, I don't know if that... Does that mean he can walk away without having issues of... That... He's is... invisible? I would. I need. I need a ruling on this now. Uh. Well, the answer to that is you're not sure what kind of sight the shadows use. Mm-hmm. But if you think they have normal, if their vision is based on normal movement, then yes, you would be able to get away. Right. He's gonna take a step back. Yeah. He. He would. I've. I've. I feel like he would think that they would use like normal. He's like he's invisible now, so he just can't be seen. So at least that's what he's hoping. Right, yeah. I mean, there are different senses available to different creatures, so that's <coughs> Yeah, um, so he'll he's gonna try to move back here. Yep. And you discover that indeed they seem to be unable to uh locate you. They don't have any kind of extrasensory abilities. Okay. He's now invisible. Yeah. Alright, we go to Celeste. It's played by Chris. Last, recognizing the power of her radiance against these creatures, I think, unfortunately, a lot of her things are just... That's a good point, Brandon. Um, hmm. A lot of her specials are actually fire, weirdly enough. Or, I guess, one of them is a spell. I guess I could have made it. Did you roll a stealth check, but whatever, it's fine. 
can roll it now if you want. Just to show it off. Yeah, go ahead and roll a stealth check. <laughs> Their passive is... Uh... I literally don't think you can actually fail this unless you roll a one, and you've got advantage anyway, so I don't think it's possible. Roll double one. Yeah, there you go. All right. Actually, a hey, great rolling combo. double ones with our group is actually really possible. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Like, if the dice are just not nice to us for the day, it's it's very possible. But having a high stealth plus the ability to just bonus action hide, that's actually a great yeah. combo. That's probably how I'd rule it, is, like, you can go invisible, and then you could even disengage from the battle that way, but probably roll stealth checking as their passive perception because you're literally like sneaking away while invisible to avoid them striking at you. All right, have I stalled enough for you, Chris? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, well, Celeste, recognizing <laughs> the, how much her radiance uh, is yeah. affecting these creatures is going to just keep doing that. So she's going to start uh, using her radiant fists against these creatures. Yep. Nine radiant damage against number three. Yeah, that does a shit ton. Okay, she's gonna do it again. Twelve radiant damage against number three. That one explodes in yeah. a ball of light for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, with a key point, she can do two more uh, unarmed strikes. Twenty for nine radiant damage against number one. That one dies a bunch. All <laughs> right. <laughs> she's gonna run in then, and this blind one, she gets one more. An arm strike with advantage now. Six more radiant damage. All right, yeah, that vulnerability is uh, eating them up for sure. They all start cleaning up the shadows. Yeah, I think there's only one left back in the corner, and it is. Oh, she killed that one too. Yes. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, that radiant is literally doing double damage. Okay. Uh, Frey, it is your turn. Okay. And Frey, as you've been fighting and hacking with these creatures and being in this room, you, for some reason, feel an odd tingling throughout your body. It's the same sensation you feel the few times that you have transformed. You're feeling like the beginnings, um... Just like on the, and it's odd because whenever it happens, it's like a roiling, like it just builds and builds and builds. It happens right now. You just feel it like it's a slow buildup, which you've never felt before. And you feel like it has something to do with this area. And in fact, these, you almost feel some kind of um, weird uh, bond or empathy with these shadowy creatures for some reason. You're not quite able to discern why. Because um, I murdered four of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> the other one's still gotta go. I feel bad about it, <laughs> but I mean, technically they attacked us first. Yes. So they lose their ability to. To have an opinion because mm -hmm. of that. Well, I, I probably misspoke about empathy. You maybe feel like a kind of um, pity for I feel these. Pity for everybody. Hmm. I pity everybody because obviously they're not me. But the the 
that transformation is something you don't usually feel. Like you usually oh, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. feel it very rarely and only when it like explodes out of you. And this time it's kind of like a slow build up. Yeah. If 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 it's not if it doesn't feel like it's an imminent thing, yeah. She's not gonna say shit. Okay. But like you just see her like Mm-hmm. Kind of like you have that like pulled muscle in your neck. You're just trying to like pop your neck. Yeah. Trying to, trying to release that pressure at the base of your skull. As these things have been attacking you and as you've been attacking them, it's been feeling it weirdly, you're not sure why, but it just feels like it's building up to where these things almost feed that hunger. Mm. Okay. Hmm. What would Frey do then? Because right now, because of all the frostbitten stuff, she would not willingly walk towards the flaming sphere. Mm. Because of its magical flameness. It uh, upsets you, <laughs> or, or uh... yeah, it, it, she doesn't like she doesn't like hot anymore. That's true. That yeah, that's a good point. So you feel as you walk through this room, that hunger within you is drawing you down this tunnel specifically. You feel like a supernatural pull down there. Okay. So, um... Frey's just gonna walk this way and just talk and just... I'm not going near that flaming sphere. I'm not having Edmund try to, like, fringe my eyebrows. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go down here until y'all turn that shit off. Just don't stand near it when you're done moving. I'm not going to go near the flaming sphere. <laughs> I, I don't I don't like the flaming sphere. Mm -hmm. But the mystical creature went that way. And I'll go this way and come back up behind it. <laughs> You're right, dear. Seems you just wandering off on us now. You worry about you and your nag. You look like you're about to fall off. <laughs> that I sounds like Frey. <laughs> <laughs> She's fine. I don't feel well, that's fair, but... Forrabbit does not look very good at all. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys just... You might have to do a double take, but look like, he looks like he's aged 40 years. <laughs> like, physically. Four hundred years old. <laughs> well, that's true. You probably aged like two hundred years for a point. Uh, yeah. Forty years would be nothing for you. Uh, Frey, just to give you a brief description, you see kind of natural uh, steps in the ice descend again into a uh, a southern room that uh, seems to be just a a charnel pit filled with bones. And the of a cave, and then that cave continues into other tunnels. Okay. And you definitely feel that thing inside you, like continue to pull with a with a, just a hunger inside of you. So her eyes would be glowing a little bit brighter blue with all of that, just like that, searching for whatever is causing this type of a thing. Okay. It's, it's like that feral, like, eye search. Yeah. Like, 
I'm gonna give you a point of inspiration, uh, not for following the uh, the poll, but for actually avoiding the flaming sphere because of your frost vein thing. I, I like that. I didn't think about that. That's good. Uh, all right, the final shadows turn. Uh, Thimbleweed has run off invisibly. Celeste has come up though. Uh, we also have a nearby Pegasus. So I'm gonna go between the two of y'all. Pegasus is ten feet in the air. I assume he. Technically, could hit it. If the Pegasus could be... hit the shadow, the shadow can hit the uh, Pegasus. Okay. That's just uh, the easiest whirling that, that well, we can make. I, I, I suppose, but if someone like is a is literally floating above you and hits you on top of the, uh, your head, hey, you if you're in melee range, you're in. If you're in melee range, you're in melee range. That's uh, all right. That's the best we yes, can do. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate you trying to stick up for him. breaks the, the it, whole, it does. Whole it's moot anyway because we're targeting Celeste. <laughs> Uh, still can't do the shadow strike, so we will do our normal attack. This one is not blinded. And yet, a 12 oh. is not going to get it done. So we go to Edmund. I one, saw that. I saw that. That's Yeah, that thing is gone. Okay. <laughs> Going to... Uh, green flame blade number nine. Thirteen. Thirteen is good enough to the shadow. I actually didn't know that. Wow. Uh, right now, the attack opportunity specifically says you can see. I wonder if they regret saying that in there because that does make certain. Uh, I, I like the idea of you having to like having you know to stealth away or some other effect, but I guess invisibility just straight up renders attack opportunity moot. Uh, yep, thirteen hits, and that uh, destroys. This final shadow. I'm going to command the flaming sphere to move 30 feet to the east. Okay. To follow that thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take you guys out of combat since there's no more hostile enemies. Um, the sphere still obviously lasts for uh, however long it lasts for. Okay, if it's a minute or 10 minutes or something. It's a minute. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you can uh, roll that flaming sphere in there and it's covered with those icy stalagmites. So actually, if you want to park it there for a hot second, it may begin to melt some of those stalagmites, but it would probably uh, take a while in the process. What? Do what? I don't see that thing anymore, the vampire. Uh, with the light that the flaming spheres give you, no. Let's see, what can you see? 30 feet that way. Right. I mean, you can't see out of the sphere, so... Yeah, it's... Right. All these stalagmites kind of obscuring your vision. You, you see multiple branching paths. You'd, you'd have to get closer to really see it, but... Um... And the problem is, you can move the sphere through it, but... I don't know how much fine-tuned control you have, considering you have to, like, jump it and leap it. And like I said, there's these, like, noisy things hanging periodically, almost strategically placed throughout this stalagmite room that seem like... Um... It would be hard to avoid them with the spell. Yeah. It just sends it out, but it's almost gone anyway. After okay. A um, yeah, like, it's, it's like your your timer running out of the car wash, like trying to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get like, as much value as I can. I no, I hear you. Yeah. Um. Basically, with with the with the rest of the spell, you're not able to see any hint of the creature, but you see that that cave extends further, um, towards the east, basically. Tunnels. Um. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor this week. 
which is Famzax Presents Cursed Items. I am a big fan of loot, and also a big fan of loot that has some consequences or risk-reward elements or some gambling. You can look at our entire Shardlin magic item system that I designed for this campaign, for example, and you've seen that play out throughout. Whenever somebody misses an attack, they uh, might get some madness or something. Famzax Presents Cursed Items is a magic item compendium that takes over 150 items from the 5e Dungeon Master's Guide and adds optional new curse effects. So there's the usual uh, blow-up-in-your-face wand of fireballs, but how about a ring of jumping that now doubles your fall damage? Or goggles of night that give you sunlight sensitivity? Or a dragon slayer sword that causes every dragon in a 10-mile radius to know your exact location? That'd be cool. Have that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the night vision one because that's like that's like the action movie where like you got night vision goggles on and somebody just fucking like throws a flashbang. Yeah, and it kind of fucks up your vision. vision. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, the predator having to like go through the different visions to yeah. see properly. Yeah. Uh, one of my personal favorites are the cursed gloves of missile snaring, which causes your character to compulsively grab everything in sight. So put that character in a shop or something. <laughs> This 40-page book also includes inspirations and ideas for breaking curses that go beyond the simple remove curse spell, as well as over a dozen new trick items, which are items designed to look like some of the more recognizable magic items from the DMG, such as the bag of tricks or the alchemy jug, but are actually entirely different magic items, such as a bag of flies that explodes into a cloud of flies, or an oozy jug that spawns oozes instead of oil and mayonnaise. Surprise! <laughs> This is an awesome expansion to the 5e Dungeon Master's Guide that I would compare to Monster Weaknesses and Home Field Advantage, which I have reviewed both of those on the channel, with its professional design and ease of use. This is absolutely a must-have if you enjoy giving your players loot with a bit of a twist. Famzax Presents Cursed Items is available now on the DMs Guild, and you can read and watch my review on my website at roguelots.com and here on the YouTube channel. All righty. Seriously, let's talk about that sword, though. Right. It's, it's nice right <laughs> I like that idea there's a lot of really fun ideas in there I, I really enjoyed it I only gave off a few uh, cool ones there was one sword that like um, the curse was that if you went if you dropped to zero hit points you uh, uh, stabilized and this you, this sword puppeted you but you got to keep, keep attacking but you just auto attacked every turn you couldn't decide who was friend or foe and then every time you took damage, it was just reducing your max hit points basically every oh, time. Wow. So it was a really dangerous, crazy thing happening. That'd be cool, too. I was, mm -hmm. I was imagining when you said that, I was imagining that. You ever see Stardust? I don't think so. Okay. It's a pretty good movie, but it, like, there's a bit where like they're, the, the witch is like piloting a corpse and only the sword is really moving, but it's like dragging the corpse along with it. So mm. the corpse is like kind of like just... just you know, like, like a puppet on Yeah, that's how it sounded the sword like. sword is going around and doing things. Yep. Pretty cool. Yeah, so... Uh, Ed, uh, some of you, namely Thimbleweed and Valrobin, probably saw that creature turn into mist after attacking Thimbleweed and kind of disappear towards this eastern room, which I described as the, again, stalagmite shutting from the ground, the ropey things hanging kind of strategically throughout that had a bunch of jangly bits attached to it. Um, Thimbleweed had already been up here, as he can describe, that was a very spooky room full of bones that seemed to try to psychically scare him. But you notice Frey is just churning along this southern path completely on her own, apparently. 
Yeah, alright. As much as I would like to follow the vampire creature that attacked uh, Thimbleweed, I also feel like I've been on a, you know, 14-day bender, <laughs> and I really need to, yeah. like, take a lie down for about an hour. Yeah. You look um, like crap! Go sit down! <laughs> I'm gonna go around and see if I can find this vampire. The vampire's not that way, dear. We know which way the vampire went. Uh-huh. I, I suggest we might take a few moments to rest before we uh, uh, confront the creature. I am not feeling my best. And I'm, I suspect others aren't either. I don't, I don't know who else got the effects of this thing. I think uh, the Pegasus got a little bit. I think Celeste got it a little bit. And Thim I, I actually kind of spread out to everybody. I think, I think at least everybody okay. took some amount of strength a damage. Bit of, yeah. yeah, you were the worst one. You, you took a bunch and you didn't have much to begin with. but I took like nothing. Yeah, I think everybody took at least one. Or, I, maybe not. I, I don't think Edmund got hit, but everybody else took at least some kind of um, draining, uh, which that one does end on a uh, short rest, apparently. Yeah. Perhaps we might uh, take a few moments to sit and rest our bones before we uh, continue after this vampiric creature we are trying. All right, says, All right they'll do that. You would think that's safe when that creature's hunting us not at all but i can barely keep my eyes open dear <laughs> we have a safety spell we can use to protect ourselves uh meanwhile frey um as you're walking around the southern room um you glance around this uh kind of pit of bones and you see um tunnels branch to the southwest and the east um a quick glance just confirms they're all humanoid and they're very old and you can see suddenly kind of the, the room seems to whirl a little bit around you and you see shadows flickering on the walls. And for a second, you kind of, you know, think there are going to be more of these shadowy creatures coming at you. But then they seem to form uh, images, even in somehow in the darkness, you're able to discern them uh, kind of black and blue white eyes. imagery. It's the blue eyes. There you go. It's probably pretty creepy that the rest of you just see like her glowing blue <laughs> eyes in the darkness. And they form images of robed figures making their way uh, to this cave and to the caves beyond and then collapsing and then they kind of whirl around for a moment and another image shows them starting um, a crude fire using magic and gathering food and these images blur rapidly and then the next show these figures attacking each other in a desperate frenzy using spells and knives and in the end even their own teeth and Frey you feel this 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 intensity within you, this hunger within as they seem to rip each other apart violently and your inner demon just kind of, um, again, you just get like this, this muscle clenching, like you're just still building it up and that force continues to want to pull you um, specifically southwest of here. Like okay. you're just on the hunt. Now okay. you're, not, you're still in control of your character. Mm-hmm. But this is what I'm describing to you. Yeah, the only thing anyone really kind of hears is just a little bit of a laugh. But we all we all see her like just just uncontrollably, seemingly wandering off in a certain direction, right? Yeah, you definitely saw that. See, right now, you just kind of for anyone who could see down the hallway, you just see me like picking up bones and throwing them, like just checking out the room yeah. type of a thing. Yeah. Right. As much as I dislike this annoying bard here, he does have his uses. <laughs> but we're about to take a rest, and uh, 
I'm gonna create a safe space that uh, you can't enter once it's made. So, I suggest you come back. I'm fine. I'm like y'all. I don't need hit points. <laughs> I literally Eight. don't. Okay. Ask number two for the second Liamon's tiny hut. Okay, Ask. from your charm. Yeah. Oh. An excellent use when you've got a creature actively hunting you. Yeah. Now Frey's on the hunt. Yeah. Um, okay. Everybody but Frey can get the benefits of a short rest in here, and you can restore <laughs> your lost strength. Um, so while they're in there. Yeah. But you also you also are, are are forgoing my temporary hit points as Varaka tells a pretty damn good story of what just happened. He doesn't care. <laughs> well, the Pegasus is getting your temporary hit points. No, <laughs> one of the one of the skeletons is getting your temporary hit points. <laughs> one of the skeletons. Uh, no. <laughs> She's just going about the room. Throwing bones behind her. Yeah. Actually, you know what? With six, I could do uh, instead of one of the skeletons, I'll do Valin. Valin will will get the benefits of my temporary points. So myself, Pegasus, the other players, and Valin. Uh, you guys can roll. Do you need to roll hit dice, or are you just doing it for the? I could roll a couple hit dice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Reese is gonna have to roll hit dice. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, Reese's uh hit point reduction is still in effect. That actually is until a long rest. Yeah. Uh, so he only, he lost ten. <laughs> so his max now is one hundred eight. It's fifteen. Roll a hit dice. You're doing your song of rest too, right? I am, yes. What is that? You can add, you can add a D8. I forget. I'll, I'll paste it. Seven. Yeah, an extra D8. Mm. Well. <clears throat> that is as close as he's going to get. It's not worth rolling another D10 for six more points. I actually can't remember. Did we already do the Pegasus's uh, uh, hit dice? The Pegasus can do it again. I think we're, we're, we can do two short rests for the Pegasus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> After this, you'd probably have to resummon to gotcha. heal Lord Marbury, but I think on average we have enough for two. Which man, that Pegasus I haven't used though. Short rest. <laughs> uh, yes, he's getting he's getting hit. He's I'm getting hit for sure. Does my bardic inspiration expire? Uh, it does. It's only 10 minutes. If there's something you, you want to do that requires a dice roll during the short rest, you could do that. You know. <laughs> uh, the craft, I guess the shuttle and craft would be the only thing. But... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oops. I, uh... Sorry. Reese isn't here to beg for it. It's yeah. right. 
I shall beg on his behalf. Mm -hmm. He hasn't used it in a while. He currently has ten. Oh, there's five more. Sweet. Nice. Correct me if I'm wrong, a short rest is a straight hour, though, right? Uh, yeah. So, I'm curious what, what Frey's been You guys about. see nor hear from Frey during this entire hour. Alright, we know that she went to the south, yep. at least. Yeah, the rest of you enjoy a very peaceful rest of undisturbed in your magical hut. Um, and yeah, even she the skeleton... She literally just told us, I'm fine, and she walked off. So yeah, which... We, we had no reason to think that, that like... <laughs> <laughs> She was compelled by some darker forces or anything. I was still doing the, like, your stupid nag. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was acting yeah. normal. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it's not unlike Frey to just wander off. Right. <laughs> yeah, and during that rest, um, you don't see or hear of any, nothing passes through here or anything like that. And a hour of peace goes by, and still no sight of Frey. I don't know how long the hut lasts, but for short rest. It lasts for eight hours. Oh, okay. But once you leave, you can't get back in. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, have, have any of you... I know you are all entirely enraptured by my story of our adventures, but... <laughs> Did anyone um, happen to sight Frey coming back into our view since we uh, took this sojourn? No? Well, perhaps we ought to um, <laughs> investigate her disappearance then. I, uh, I'm a little apprehensive of her uh Often does she, does she wander off like that on her own? Quite often, but not for this length of time, certainly. Usually it's a few minutes and she's back again. She's a solitary creature, but not for hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Eh, I'm not worried. <laughs> well, worry is a strong word. Curious, I suppose, is more <laughs> what I am. Yeah, and Valen's like, where, where did you last see her go? I wasn't... Uh, to the south here, we saw her wandering, picking through bones to the south. Not, I... again, again, not necessarily an unusual sight, but... She seemed quite uh, invested in her investigation. Well, we have our tracker here, uh, but uh, we should go that direction as there's no other way to go. I would like her with us before we head to that eastern room where the vampire fled, at least. Yeah, but didn't you see all those stalagmites and stalactites sticking out of the... <laughs> it, is, it is certainly <laughs> ominous looking. Yeah, I, I don't know. Doesn't seem like the smartest path to take. Especially for your Pegasus. I'm not sure how uh, you yes. squeeze him through that. <clears throat> he's, having, he's having troubles with these tunnels already. But, uh, yeah, lead the way. <laughs> Great. <laughs> the Pegasus is having troubles. <laughs> Alright, well, we at least saw her go this way, so let's head this way. Yes. Um... So yeah, same description. Um, then the natural stairs descend into a nasty pit full of humanoid bones and remains. They all appear very old. And um, as you all go through, you also see that that same um, kind of disturbing, kind of magical imagery flitters on the walls that showcase um, perhaps what had happened here, which is these uh, 
uh, figures coming into this cave. And um, in fact, some of them even look like they're like just with robes on. So maybe, you know, mages or something. Um, and you're, not, you're not able to ascertain the time. And it seems like the images kind of just are very fast and loose with time as it goes through all these different scenes. And then the last one is of them just um, attacking each other until it gets more and more depraved and violent until they're just um, just going at each other like beasts, basically, and ripping and tearing into each other. Does this have any kind of effect on us, or are we just just? It's very distra- It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't actually have the same madness-inducing effect. But it, you know, you tell me how you feel about these I disturbing mean, images, basically. Yeah. Um. At the very last scene, as you guys kind of uh, see that the bones uh, trickle almost to a path in the southwest, um, you see like one figure still stands amongst all the others. And um, then the image just flickers off. There's an actual an actual figure down there. Nope. It just what these images are oh, showing you. Okay. Okay. Oh, like they were fighting, and then all fluff remains as one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Probably the vampire. See, do we see like the tracks of where Frey went? Mm. That's where we came down here. Give me a survival check for that. Hey, 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 Thimbleweed, you want to give us a survival <laughs> check? <laughs> Tracker, you want to track? <laughs> All right, let's see here. Oh, so MVPC got... poll is going on. Please vote for MVPC, please. A couple minutes left. 23. Yeah. Uh... Thimbleweed is definitely able to see Frey um, make some probably odd movement patterns around this room before definitively stepping into the southwest chamber. Okay. Which is which is the same place we saw the final figure thing, right? Or was that, was that just on the walls? That was just on the walls, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Alright, well, I suppose we ought to head down Go for there a second, see. Frey. I am slightly curious. I'd rather not go first, but uh, we do have a stealthy tracker. <laughs> and a large horse. Large horse. It's in the horse first. <clears throat> All right, so... Um, as soon as Celeste goes there... Um, Frey will run out of this room here and cast fear. Okay, so what you all see <laughs> is <laughs> as soon as you yeah you, you get up to the top like Celeste is kind of in front and you get up to the t- front of this room and you kind of turn and it appears to be um, a, a horrifying pile of ancient human remains um, that all these trail of bones has led into. And the moaning and wailing kind of suddenly builds up. You haven't heard this sound before. And uh, cutting through the silence of the cave. And uh, Thimbleweed at least remembers this was the same sound he heard in that north cave. You hear the sounds of bones cracking and flesh tearing and always eating hunger. The rip of flesh. They're food. They're nothing but food. And you see a monstrous uh and you've you kind of recognize now uh, a monstrous version of Frey with her long limbs and antlered 
head has been completely transformed and looks absolutely ravenous as yeah show the picture, she, show the picture, show the picture. I will show the picture. I do have it. Um I hope you can see this. Might have to click on the bio and info tab. I don't know. Uh I'm not seeing it's happening. Things happening. Yeah. Oh the of players thing uh, i'm clicking on it i don't know uh let's add this to your journals and see if that helps oh yeah i don't can... well usually show to players adds it to the journal but i'll change yeah. that this is an amazing picture we had it done by jimmy mcclure uh haven't oh, had a chance to show it off what? yet huh? ah wow but this Frey is now the official wendigo version of Frey. Which looks amazing. Is actually, I believe, your phone <laughs> background screen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been that for like, what, weeks, I think, that we've had that art. Uh, yeah. yeah, she hasn't transformed yet since then. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, good job. That's some awesome art. That is like, really yeah. awesome. Version of Frey. That's. Yep. Damn. All right. So, as a surprise round, uh, Frey, you can cast. Uh, I cast fear. Fear in a 30-foot cone, which is going to affect... <laughs> just spray hopping out of the shadows. Like, ah! ah! <laughs> like a fucking haunted house. Oh, like. <laughs> Except for with Frey, it's more of that like guttural scream that y'all remember from sure. the first time whenever she transformed into the mm -hmm. Frey to go. Yep. So it's that guttural scream. Yep, so that is a wisdom save. Uh, for who? Like, everybody. Everybody's in that little cone. Yep. I mean, I guess everybody. everybody yep. Thirty is... feet. <laughs> Thirty feet. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I gotta do uh, Mace's hand. Yeah, you weirdly gotta play against yourself. I do. Uh, I like it. Though, right? I like he's my inspiration. Yeah. yeah. What are we looking at? DC fifteen. Oh, yes. Oh, the one oh. that says is actually for Thimbleweed. Okay. Edmund with the inspiration pulls wow. out a, another nat 20. Nice. Put it on the board. Oh, these are some terrible wisdom saves, though, other than uh, that. So far, yes. <laughs> I need to do... Uh, As Frey's projecting uh, her fear and, and Edmund's taking like a second glance, um, Lord Malbury's wing just kind of flaps in front of his face and blocks off part of the fear <laughs> or Marbury runs away yeah yeah just do any of characters i'm controlling wow. have inspiration well it makes no they too, do not randomly no reese doesn't have it either we used it earlier <laughs> what is my okay is my thing not, it's not fear it's charmed and sleep mm -hmm. okay my elf stuff that counts as a crit. Well, okay. I failed all, I all of the rules that I made. Valen <laughs> <laughs> actually made the save. I will do it for the skeleton. He doesn't have a head though, so. Well, the skeleton yeah, still yeah, feels fear. Yeah. yeah. They are they are capable of fear, apparently. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, their stat block's actually pretty simple. So you all see a phantasmal image of your worst fears. Um most of y'all did not make the save. Um, so you drop whatever you're holding. So any weapons you're holding, anything you're holding, you drop them. God, fear is such a bad one. And you become frightened for the duration. While you're frightened, 
you must take the dash action and move away from me by the safest available route uh, mm-hmm. on every turn, unless there is nowhere to move. And if you end your turn in a location where you do not have line of sight to me, you can then try to remake the save to break the fear. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And with it's that, about, it's all about running away and getting out, getting out of your vision, and then and then making mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, at the same time that this happens. The wailing sound you've been hearing coalesces into a single direction because uh, you still recall the image of that one figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever Frey stumbled in here apparently has caused... You're not sure what happened because you were resting. Apparently caused her to transform into a monstrous figure. Uh, or at least one you've recognized now. But... This wailing coalesces from a single direction, and a large, monstrous wraith materializes out of the walls. And it speaks in a long, dead language, which um, Belen can translate this, but I'm going to speak it in its tongue for funsies. What tongue is that exactly, by the way? Uh, It's whatever that Netherese language is. Okay. Um, and the voice says, Dracareth survives. Dracareth always survives. The city's destruction could not end him, nor could these pitiful survivors after food ran out. Such potential, such power... Immortality was within his grasp, and he took it, because Dracareth always survives, and always hungers. Which apparently that caused, that energy caused Frey to transform, and you've got all kinds of bad things happening. And that's where we're going to end... Our session, <laughs> like, 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 like a, like a, like, like an, uh, uh, you know, what's the alcoholic anonymous a, a member, like sober for ten years, and she just meets the one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! But wouldn't a drink be great? <laughs> you feel that cannibalism energy, aren't you? Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah, gone full like shining. <laughs> Yep. And her eyes are still blue, by the way. Yeah. Um, can we mark on tokens on who is feared? There's actually this screaming icon I was using, so we remember for... Basically everybody but Edmund and Valen. Okay. Which one's the screaming one? Uh, it's it's near the end, but that way we can remember. Oh, that I was... We're going to be off for a while, so we're gonna have to, I'll probably have to pick up with this whole scene yeah, exactly. at the beginning of next time. Cause this, this, is the, this is a hell of a cliffhanger. Hell of a cliffhanger. Drop off, drop off for three weeks? Is that what we're doing? I, two, I, I think. think so, yeah. So just to give a heads oh, up for our... Off for two weeks. Well, we'll be back on the third. Yeah. yeah, so we'll actually... Uh, next week, we're going to be doing a, a... Well, we'll be here next week technically doing a, a holiday one-shot. We're just going to be doing Rhyme yeah. of the Frostmaiden. Um, so we'll be streaming on Friday night, but we just won't be doing the Rhyme campaign. And then the week after that which is the 30th, we will be off completely. 
um, for the holidays. And then Rhyme will resume the week after that, which I believe is the 6th. So it'll actually be, yeah, one of our longest gaps we've had. So I'll probably have to replay this whole scene, but hell of a cliffhanger <laughs> to uh, for us to for, end on. Great for a recent Rochelle to come back to. I know, right? Like, what has happened? Um, which, we had, physically, we didn't make it very far in the dungeon, but uh, yeah. Um, Frey, you are the MVPC. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, MVPC of what? Of the player characters? I don't know about that. Of the campaign, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You played right into my hand, so please roll on that table. Right. Or a potion Wait. of greater healing. Okay. I'll take it. Now, I already had... Okay. Free to go is not gonna use potions. No, no, right. <laughs> the I I would definitely not let you use any items. That would be not something yeah, that she would yeah. be able to. Uh, manipulate or you or even care to use you you're right yeah, right yeah you know how to run the wendigo i'm excited i'm excited for next time and it's gonna be a freaking blast is murder and murder alone <laughs> i do have some questions about the fray to go a little bit actually but it'll wait okay i got two weeks to it's, it's been a while since we've seen fray to go so we can definitely go over that yeah um yeah. All right. Uh, that will do it for this week's session of Rhyme of the Frostbane. Thank you to Chris, Heather, and Raymond for playing. Thank you to all of our wonderful fans for watching, and thank you to the patrons. Shouts to Platinum patrons: Joe, Will, Thomas, Stan, William, Brandon, Genocider, David, Eclectic, Role Player, Role, Christopher, Brian, William, David, Corey, Coa, thirteen thirty-seven, Kyle, Matthew, Big Nut, Greenlee, John, John, and Furnace, and Chris. Are you eating your Big Nut, sir? You need to talk about it in Frostline chat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And gold patrons, <laughs> RPG, Paper Crimes, Pretty Boy, and Yuma, Marcus, Dead Lizard, Lion, Sam, Lumpy Spuds, Jerome, Nathan, Fasica, Tortoise, Scott, Stephanie, Revis, and Carolyn. Thank you all very much for your support. We are going to be off. Uh, we'll be here next week again for a holiday one-shot. Uh, and then we'll be off the week after that. So that's it from us. For That's the last session of Rhyme for the year. The year, yep. Yeah. Brian will be back in 2023. Yeah, that's right. I think that's the post-credits. I'm sure, yeah. We will, the players will return. We'll, Question we'll mark return. if they if they survive. Yeah, exactly.